if you're listening, watching to the, you know this right now, if you're unhappy, you know, if you're unfulfilled and you feel that you, you know, on a, on a scale of one to 10, you haven't got a lot of meaning, purpose, fulfillment, happiness in your life, and it's like a five, six, you know, even less, then we've got to take stock. We've got to get real. You know, imagine the next 10 years are you doing the same thing. So take stock and draw a line in the sand and go, okay, let's make some decisions here. Let's go to a happier place. Let's get a more for the loss way too short. Are you looking for freedom? Freedom from the daily grind and hustle? Or just finding a way to live the life you always wanted? Then join us on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Our host, Mike Ayala, will help you discover new ways to find freedom with tips, insights, and interviews. You'll learn the exact systems he's used to travel the world and live his best life. True success and happiness are all about freedom. And here's your roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's your host, Mike Ayala. Thank you for joining me on the Investing for Freedom podcast. I say this all the time, but I got to tell you, I am super super excited for this episode today. Um, selfishly, I've been waiting to talk to Mr. Trav Bell for a long time. Um, you know, I, we're, we're in a, we're in a group together, a lot of my guests and a lot of my friends and inner circle, uh, one of my dearest friends, Aaron West, we were just talking about him. Um, you know, I, I, a lot of my guests come through that community and, and, and so, you know, you'll, the audience will know who Go Abundance is, but if you don't know who Trav Bell is, he's the bucket list guy. And if there's one thing that I'm super passionate about when it comes to investing for freedom and everything that we talk about, I'm fully convinced that, you know, it's so easy to just get caught up in what we're doing and our businesses and our investments. And, and then we forget why we did all this. I've had it happen to me a couple of times, which Trav, maybe we'll get into, you know, a couple of my close calls and, and where I got lost mm. along the way. But your message just so resonates with me. And so um, I was just super excited when you said, yes, you'd come on the show because I think the audience is going to love you. And mm -hmm. I think you just have so much to offer them. So thanks for coming on. Oh, Mike, absolutely stoked, mate. I, I um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm absolutely honored that you, you asked me to be on your show. I love your show and it's, uh, it's really helping a lot of people. And, you know, dude, it, it's, it's, it's funny talking to people like you and the people that we know about bucket lists they're pretty evolved with their own bucket lists right they're, they're out there they're doers you know they're movers and shakers to be able to add value where i can um which seemingly i have i'm stoked so yeah anyway i can add value man i'm all yours right on and i don't usually do this right out the gate i mean we usually talk about you know books and all that at the end but nah. <laughs> I want to. I I want you to tell the audience about your book because if somebody gets distracted or they have to leave and they don't come back to the episode, just just tell yeah. us right out the gate. Like, tell us well, about your book. Well, look. Okay, so so just so it happens, I've got one here, um, and hopefully everyone at home and who is watching, listening, can understand my Australian accent. It's sort of like English, but a little bit more relaxed. Um, so, and it's seven a.m. in the morning here. So I'm a, I'm I'm in a place called Ocean Grove, which is about an hour and a half out of Melbourne here in Australia. So it's winter here. Got the coat on. Um, here's the book, the bucket, my bucket list blueprint. So what it is, and you can get it from Amazon and get it from my website, blah blah blah. But what it is is essentially a this acronym, my bucket list. And I've also done a TED talk on it as well. Um, called Life's Too Short by Trav Bell. Did that a few years ago, and that was on my bucket list. I was absolutely shitting myself <laughs> when I did it, but um, it, and doing this book. 
Um, for a serial entrepreneur, like a monkey in a cage, me sitting down and actually writing a book was a feat in itself. But uh, thanks to COVID and no travel and no bucket listing, I got it done. But basically what it is, is this My Bucket List Blueprint. It's an acronym for how to, every letter represents something. It's it's a framework to help people create a personally meaningful and holistic bucket list, right? It's not just about travel, which is what a lot of people think a bucket list is all about. You know, travel is the literally the T on the end of the My Bucket List Blueprint. It, starts, it stands for travel adventures. But travel, as we know, which is on a lot of people's bucket list, is expensive and, and there's a lot of time commitment. And so people... People's idea of a bucket list is waiting until someday or the perfect time. Someday ain't a day to, day of the week, by the way, guys. <laughs> it's waiting for the perfect time to do the travel that they want to. But uh, you know, unfortunately, that time comes too late, or, or they haven't got the health to do the real travel that they want to do and all the adventures that they want to do. So, spoiler alert: there's 11 other categories that you, they can get you going right now, and. You know, I want people to be instantly gratified as well as delayed gratified. You know, we live in a delayed gratification society. I'll be happy when syndrome. I want people to be happier now because the fight that the fight that we'll no doubt get into is, you know, mental health right now. You know, the the depression is going through the roof, and I've got had my own battles with that. And I'm sure you know, you know, a lot of people that have been through the same depression. you know, anxiety. The the lone we've actually got this thing now called the loneliness epidemic. It's a real thing. Yeah, we're more connected than ever before, but we're actually more lonely because yeah. we don't have face to face, knee to knee conversations anymore. You know, it's text, yeah. <laughs> it's it's yeah. emails, it's DMs, and this sort of thing to catch up with your buddies. It's not, you know, that's not part of the human experience, and we're lacking as a result. The overprescription of antidepressants, suicides, youth suicides. You know, you go through the pandemic on top of that and you've got a mental health perfect storm. So this is my way of combating um, and being counterintuitive to, you know, uh, providing a, a light at the end of the tunnel for some um, to put their life on steroids. I say a bucket list is a tangible life plan where our career plan or our business plan should fit into our life plan and not be the other way around. You know, it really brings home that work to live principle. And at the end of the day, we do to get that confused. Is it live to work or work to live? Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's so good. And, um, you know, we, we'll talk more about this at the end where people can get your book, but I'm going to do something. If, if you text me the word bucket list, the first 10 people that text me that word, I'm going to buy Trav's book and send it to you. Um, so just text the word bucket list to 480-531-7519 and I'll send you that book for free. And then later, uh, toward the end of the episode, um, we'll let Trav talk about where all of his stuff is and where you can find oh, all that. But then there's something that's, that's how you do it. I love well, there, there's something that's like so amazing about your message. And I watched your <clears> TED talk and I encourage everybody to just go Google bucket list guy and, and you'll find his TED talk. But you said something at the end that pulled on my heart. And I, when you say spoiler alert, like I don't want to give it away, but I'm going to give it away. Sure. Can you, can you quickly tell the story about what that girl said to you? Yeah, man. Look, and it relates to what I just said too. Um, you know, I, I've raised money. The, the, I, I talk about leg, legacy is 
you know, the L in the My Bucket List blueprint. And by the way, this is designed, this is designed, purposely designed to help you, us, go north, south, east, west in our own brain and help us to extract and articulate a personally meaningful and holistic bucket list, right? So it's all, by, by the way, everything that I teach, 98% of it is, is positive psychology. So positive psych is about helping people identify their strengths, not their weaknesses, but their strengths, what gives them a sense of purpose, meaning, and fulfillment and gratitude and just bleeding that into their life and into their work more and doing more of that. All I've done is put this bucket list brand over the top of it to make it more palatable. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so... It's positive psychology versus regressive psychology, you know, where we need therapy and we need drugs to get us to be normal again. But, Mike, mm-hmm. I know your audience, mate, and no one wants to be normal in this group. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so we all want to be performers. So at the end of the day, positive psych and going into your strengths, doing your bucket list is a great example of, you know, just, just paying attention to that stuff. Um, now, what was the question? Yeah, you were telling a story at the end of the TED Talk that just kind of like so, changed your your life and said, you know, I mean, I got to do this. Yeah, yeah. Leave a legacy. So so <clears throat> leave a legacy is the L in that bucket list blueprint. So one of the great examples of leaving a legacy was set up by an uh, ex-AFL, Australian Football League down here in, in Melbourne, um, player, champion named Jim Steins. He set up the REACH Foundation. The REACH Foundation... I've raised a bunch of money for the Reach Foundation. There, it's, it's an awesome personal development, development program for wayward teens, still thriving after death. You know, real, real um, signature legacy business um, organization. Um, the leaders of the Reach Foundation said, "Trav, love, love you, love your work. Can you come down and do a presentation for the Reach Foundation?" I said, oh, "Love you guys. Yeah, no worries." So I went down there and the leaders of the Reach Foundation are um, all young adults, no one over the age of 21. And, you know, they've gone through the program, graduated, want to pay it forward as a result. I said, oh, yeah, come down. And uh, when I do my keynotes, I, I put up a photo of a group photo of all of us after the presentation that we took. But after the presentation, this young girl, young young adult got up and uh, she was bawling, you know, crying her eyes out. And this is after about an hour-long presentation. And and I said, you know, and she they've got a very sharing culture, very open culture. And I said, what's what's wrong? You know, because I'm going to be really wary of triggering people with what I talk about, you know, and I am acutely aware of that. Um, so I'm always, you know, putting up helpline, you know, lifeline, depression, depression line, et cetera, you know, having talks to people afterwards and, and you know, rather than triggering, it just wakes people up. Um, young girl got up and she said, uh, I said, what's wrong? Through her tears, she said, uh, if my younger sister had been here, She's only 19. If my younger sister had been here to see your presentation today, she wouldn't have killed herself two weeks ago. Mate, oh, it's it still to this day, and I've told that story so many times, um, it just dropped me. 
and and I um my ex wife she picked me up um she picked me up from Reach Foundation drove me to the airport and I cried all the way man and I said to her um you know this is the day I found it was the day I found out my why the day I cemented my why, why I'm doing this, why, you know, this was a, this was one of, one of a few, but a big one signpost as to Trav, you're on the right path. And that, and it still gets me. So I'm like, dude, if I can do this until the, and if I can do this, you know, going forward and continue to do this, I'm, uh, I'm hitting my values, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm fulfilled. I'm happy. I, it, this brings meaning to me, um, you know. And when I became, when someone called me the bucket list guy, all those what, 12, 13 years ago, um, I kind of didn't know what I was, <laughs> how to monetize it, how to, how it was going to look. It just felt right. And I did a values alignment. One of my top values, apart from health and family, fun, adventure, is helping others. And you know that that young young girl uh, that day, she really helped me cement that why. Yeah, so good, man. And I gotta I gotta tell you when when I was listening to your TED talk, um, we lost we had a suicide, you know, in my in my family like two years ago, and it just kind of rocked the yeah, family. And sorry, sorry to hear that. Yeah, man. and it's just you know like this period of time that you're you know, that we live in and it's always, it's, you know, it's been an issue for a long time, but like you said, it's accelerating. And the thing I love mm. about your work is, you know, even after that whole experience that, that we went through, um, it, there's so many people that want to help, but it's kind of like, what do you do? And that's the thing yeah. that like with people like you and more organizations being aware of it. And, and I love what mm. you said too. Like there's, there's a certain way that, you know, the world says to treat this stuff but the real way to treat this stuff is to surround people and and give them that you call it positive psych, but like a framework. Hey, here's how to live a better life, right? You got to give people tools. You can't, you know, like I, I, my best mate, and you know, and my best mate uh, died uh, pre-COVID, and um, and he had stage four brain cancer. He lived six and a half years past his original use by date that they gave him. We did a heap of bucket listing together, and I shared this at a recent GoBundance trip, uh, GoBundance talk that I did. And um, Cam was his name, and Cam had brain cancer, but he did not want to get into, like, to the, you know, he was offered. He's a good speaker, and he was offered to to talk to other cancer patients and get into the cancer help groups and support programs. And that's, he's like, I don't want to be just talking about death all the time and and cancer care i want to get on with my life it was mm. so glass half full and so there's something to be said with that you know like like are we giving people tools to self-manage are we give or are we just reiterating are we going around in circles here just just focused on the problem yeah. you know supporting each other is great but if i don't have any path out of here well well what's the use so and that that became really prevalent during COVID. You know, a lot of people went through a dark, you know, dark reconfiguration, re you know, recalibration of their lives. And especially here in Australia, we had severe lockdowns. So I was doing a lot of podcasting, and because I couldn't 
run around the world, you know, do keynote speaking because it wasn't happening. So it became a real light at the end of the tunnel, some tools that people could actually use. Instead of going on all the fancy trips that you want to go because we can't do travel, be a tourist in your own hometown first. Yeah. Choose happiness. Choose to, to still live. And you've got, again, all these other categories that you can now dig into. And so it, I'm doing my bit and in my little world, and it's, you know, I wouldn't be, we're all serial entrepreneurs, mate. You know, I've been doing this stuff for 12 years. Me doing something, anything for 12 years and me be, being more passionate about it now than I than I was when I started, it's uh, it, it's frightening. <laughs> so that's, yeah. that's a feat in itself. Um, me just being focused on something for, God, 12 months is a miracle. But 12 years is a miracle, you know, is beyond expectations. So I'm doing my bit to change the narrative on that. I've got a real gripe with, you know, um, doctors prescribing antidepressants. I went through anti, you know, the the depression after my first business um, sort of imploded, um, which was a personal training franchise. It was the biggest personal training company in around Australia, and I let some sort of cancerous people into my network who who sort of became unionised to a certain extent and uh, did my head in and, and I was not managing my, myself well. I self-medicated, if you know what I mean, and and uh, and just, you know, I probably wasn't ready, wasn't mature enough to take on that kind of responsibility, you know. Um, I started that business when I was 21 and grew it, had a heap of people working under under that brand and umbrella and, it was all well and good, but things got on top of me. Life got on top of me. I let some, like I said, cancerous people into my world and um, got, you know, went down a pretty dark rabbit hole. And uh, the doctors said, uh, you know, here's some here's some heavy antidepressants. I knew a lot of clients, you know, people on antidepressants, and that did not look appealing. They, they were sleepwalking through their life. And I knew that, you know, for me, the antidepressants were like a Band-Aid over the top of it. They weren't really dealing with the actual issue, mm-hmm. you know. So I went, no, nah, not going on them. I'm going to force myself out of this dark hole and and being kind of competitive with myself, I went, I started going to the seminars and reading the books and getting around people, like you said before. So for basically two years, I went to everything that anyone put on. I was just like a seminar, full seminar junkie. And walked on fire, did ayahuasca, you know, <laughs> burning man, you know, whatever. You throw it at me, I'm personally developed, you know. Yeah. And uh, I was about two years into that and a friend uh, uh, was sitting in one of these seminars. I think we just hugged it out and high-fived and cried on each other's shoulder, you know, walked on fire. And uh, and uh, he's gone, Trev, why don't you teach us stuff? And I went, huh. A light bulb moment, and I said, "Yeah." And I've I've never had a job in my life, so I've always had my own businesses. And and so a month later, I put on a talk, and I had nearly had to pay the forty people to come to that talk. And uh, I packaged in all the stuff of the NLP and the life coaching, the positive psych, and all my entrepreneurial stuff. I just put it into a talk. I forget what it was called, but it was, I shit myself. And. Um, I uh, about halfway through, I, sa- I started sharing with the group, like the fact that this is only 12, 13 years ago, 
the fact that I had a list to do before I die, literally written down since I was 18, I'm 50 now, and I'd had one written down. I said to the group, who else has got one of these lists to do before you die? Actually written down. I was the only freak in the room. What the, you know, come back to your investing podcast here, mate. Like I said, why do you get up in the morning? Why, why do you earn money? Like, I didn't get it. And they're like, you know, the common response, and I still get this common response now, is like, oh, pay off the house, Trev, put the kids through school, do a bit of travel when I'm older. Yeah, and possibly sicker. Is that it? Whoa. So it inspired the group because it was always my north compass, you know, always my, my, you know, always the thing that drove, you know, helped me to get out of bed in the morning, which is really cool. Um, very necessary during those dark times. Helped me make decisions quicker, get off the fence, gave me a pep talk, you know, the whole bit. Um, and then at the end of it, Joe, one of the participants at that seminar said, oh, how's this, this to do before you die stuff? It's really fired everyone up, got everyone talking. And it's like a bucket list. You're, you're like the bucket list guy. <laughs> Another light bulb moment. And that night I went home and registered the bucketlistguy.com. I've been doing it. that ever since with no real idea of how I was going to, I knew I was going to do the speaking thing. And then I defranchised the whole bis, the business, took me, uh, you know, took me, I don't know, two to three years to sort of sell off the ones that I owned and, you know, get out of that. But yeah, I went online before it was COVID cool. Yeah. I, you said something and I, I took some notes when I was, I don't know, I, I don't know if I heard this in the TED talk or something else that I was listening to, but you talked about, you know, cash flow and time flow. And I loved that yeah. because, you know, everybody talks about cash flow. Like I've, I've, I've been a business owner since 2004, been investing in real estate. Um, you know, the circles we run, like it's cash flow, cash flow, cash flow. And obviously we, you know, we need to make money. Everybody's got to make money. But I loved what you said about cash flow and time flow. Yeah. I mean, when any vehicle, and we know this, I'm just saying it in a different way. Um, we know that any vehicle, it's not about the vehicle. It's not about the money that you make. It, it, you know, it, whether you're investing in real estate, whether you're investing in shares, you know, businesses, You've got a job, you've got a career, whatever. Um, that vehicle, when optimized, should provide you two things, you know, time flow and cash flow. Huh. We always talk about time flow, but what about cash flow? Well, how much of a life are you living if you if you if to make that cash flow happen, you you're having to work, you know, 80 hours a week? Well, that's not fun. So mm. as a result of that vehicle, you should be getting those two resources. And with those two resources, time flow, cash flow, then then enter the into the bucket list. And that's why I say a bucket list is a tangible life plan where your career plan, when optimized, should spit out the time flow, cash flow to allow you to go and do your bucket list. And that that's that that bucket list is your tangible why for doing it in the first place. Yeah. Because yeah. just making money and creating time is not the end goal. They're just resources. But a lot of people get to, you know, they're so hell-bent on on getting the horizontal income. It's like, well, what are you going to do with it, dude? Yeah. What, what, what? Okay, cool. Great. You got all yeah. this money. You got all this time. You're not doing anything with it. Yeah. I, That's I just, literally. What, what the hell is that? You know, yeah. or you're not really fruitfully going after it. Or you're not even letting, 
So I say your bucket list should pull, you know, pull you towards your investments. It should pull you to to Mm -hmm. take bigger risks. It should pull you to make those decisions quicker, to hire that new person, put the GM in place, you know, get the org chart, get, you know, hire the VA straight away. Like, like, let's create some time flow. Yeah. And and this is like, it's such a human sickness too, because I've watched this even in my own journey, like, you know, I was a business owner and then I started buying real estate because my accountant told me to. And, and I started thinking when I'm 65 years old, I need, you know, I need some, I need some real estate. Like at that point in time, as a young entrepreneur, I was planning on running my business forever. I didn't have like groups of GoBundance that are saying, Hey, retire in 10 years. And I was Mm. just, you know, I've thought about this so many times where I've been one of the guys that said, don't despise your vertical income. Because everybody's mm. so focused on horizontal. Mm. And I have so many conversations with people that they're unhappy in their business or their W-2 job. And they think they think that getting out of the rat race and getting enough passive income is going to solve all of their problems. And really, the message that you're talking about is the real issue. Because and I've told people this so many times, mm. like you think that you're unhappy because of the business that you're running or or because of the job that you're working job, and that's yeah. not that's not the root problem no nah, dude here's the i think i think the holy grail is this is if you've got a vehicle that gives you the time flow and the cash flow that you need to do your bucket list double bonus if you love what you do and it's hitting your values then keep doing it there's a lot of people who in fact I think the latest stats is about 89% of Americans are what they call disengaged. All right, so what that means, there's nearly 9 out of 10 people, 9 out of 10 people who go to work every day and just not into what they're doing. Mm. And they're just like, I want to work, get the paycheck coming home. Yeah, no wonder we've got a mental health perfect storm. Yeah. No wonder everyone's freaking angry, you know, like, do something you love, and it's all well and good for you, Trav, because you're the bucket list guy. But you know, we've, we've all created, you know, created problems for ourselves. We're in businesses we don't like anymore, and we're, you know, we live in a time where there's lots of different ways to make the time flow and the cash flow actually happen. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that I think that the W two, the job, the university, the education system has all led us to this forty hour week. You know, and we even as entrepreneurs, right, we feel guilty if we don't do a 40-hour week in our own business. Yeah. Yeah. And that's messed up. Yeah. You know, I know I know people and I do it to a certain extent, but I've still got some old hang-ups because I'm 50, so I'm, you know, Gen X, I'm in between. And if I don't do a 40-hour week, I kind of feel a little bit like, hmm. When when I if I strip it right back in in terms of what I do, you know, I do, I've got coaching programs and this are group coaching programs. I I can do that on a Wednesday for one hour and see ten guys in a program who are paying me whatever per month that reveals over a hundred k a year, and I just see them on a Wednesday afternoon for an hour. Yeah. Uh, but Trev, what? It's too easy. Yeah, I know. It's like, <laughs> so the thing is, we've got to get around the guilt. We've got to fill up our time with other things that 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 we want to do in our life. You know, 
but what it does is also allow us to be you know more present to those uh, those around us more present to our own our own bucket list of course and um really fill up our times with the things that you know fill up our time with the things that we truly want to do and um there's no hard you know the world has changed and there is no rule book as to say you know how you run a business these days and what you must do the rules of rules are broken you know and so we've got this unique moment in time of technology and ai and overseas workers and all the rest to be able to create a vehicle that we truly love we can step into our passion monetize it if anyone you know, if a if a bloke can run around the world as the bucket list guy and make money, like what? You know, any anyway, I'm sure anyone could do anything. Yeah, you know, so good. And that was my limiting belief, dude. Like, I, like, why does someone need a guy to create a list? Can't they just do that themselves and then go do it? No, <laughs> a lot of people yeah. just don't. But yeah. you know, I guess the. If you're listening, watching to the, you know this right now, if you're unhappy, you know, if you're unfulfilled and you feel that you, you know, on a, on a scale of one to ten, you haven't got a lot of meaning, purpose, fulfillment, happiness in your life, and it's like a five, six, you know, even less, then we're going to take stock. We're going to get real. You know, imagine the next 10 years of you doing the same thing. So take stock and draw a line in the sand and go, okay, let's make some decisions here. Let's go to a happier place. Let's get a more of the life's way too short to be, you know, to be that example for your kids who's angry at the world, who's, you know, not engaged, who's going to work every day, just regretting it. Life's not about regrets. You know, life's about making choices and, you know, what's, what's the worst thing that can happen? Yeah, that's so good. And, there's something that you've said multiple times and I want to I want to bring this up and then you know maybe have you riff on it a little further. My wife always says and and we've been talking a lot about this. We do couples work together. Um we were just speaking at an event with 75 couples last week and it's funny because so number 1 Kara always says be firm with your values and flexible with your goals. Mm. And I love that because at this this event that we were at Kara and I presented on, we did two, we did a speaking session and then a workshop session on, you know, creating your, your values together as a couple. And I asked the question in the room, like how many of you guys have your values written out as couples? Like maybe, maybe two. Yeah. 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 It was very, and then, you know, there's another, there's another speaker that followed us up uh, and he was teaching on goals. How many of you guys have your goals written out? Every, everybody like, and I think mm. that this is one of the things I keep hearing you talk about values. Like you, you said, mm. you know, you've clearly defined your values. And I, the one thing that Karen and I have found ourselves talking about, um, we, we were just speaking on this last night is like, I think we've got to spend more time figuring out what we value. And that's why Kara says, be firm with your values and flexible with your goals. Yeah, and that's true. I, I love that. And your values, in short, uh, is your internal rule book. You know, it, it's it's what becomes right or wrong for you. You know, your values are an extension of your uh, your belief systems, which is an extension of your identity. Mm-hmm. And so, your identity, uh, so your values are um, what you defend. You know, and I think I think it's smart. And if you're listening, watching this, um, why not create a life around your values? Because then there's 
there's just congruency all the way through. Mm-hmm. See, cognitive dissonance is where it's a chemical reaction in your brain when you're out there in the world doing some activities that are not congruent with your values. And as a result, it causes pain. Mm. And that's disenfranchised. I am disengaged. I'm unproductive as a result and I'm angry. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe consciously or unconsciously. And so that's not a life. No one says you have to. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you've made that choice, wear it, but you can choose other alternatives. But that's where you need to get around people and you know, get around coaches, get around people that are that are living it, who have done it themselves and um, who can guide you through that process because it's scary as hell. But I want everyone to live a fulfilled, happier life. You know, that's my mission is and to wake them up before they get given any kind of use-by date. And um, we know so many people that are just not, you know, the world's full of negative people, glass half empty kind of people. And I want everyone to be a bucket lister. Simple. Yeah. Yeah, and living your values, creating a business around your values, or at least finding a job that correlates to your values. It's, I think, like I said before, is the holy grail. You can come, you know, you you actually love going to work. You're of service to those around you. You, you're, um, it's hitting your internal rule book. A tick, 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 tick all the way, and it's giving you the time flow and the cash flow. Not many people in the world can actually, you know, claim that they they're achieving that. Yeah. The whole reason I started my first business, and I think Kara, Kara and I just stumbled on this at an early age. I'm 44 now. I started my first business at 24. Um, you know, I I grew up with an absent dad, alcoholic, abusive, blah, blah, blah. Um, and you know, when Kara and I we got married early, I was 20, she was 19. We had our first son, Dylan, a year later. Um, and I've wow. shared the story like so many times, but the main reason why I started my business trav was a values conversation yeah. because Kara yeah. and I said, like, we want to be home. We want to be present. And I was working yeah. a job. I actually enjoyed my job. I did not want to be an yeah. entrepreneur. I enjoyed my job, but I was working like 90, hundred hours a week. I was working out of town. I was missing. We had the two boys at home and she yeah. was pregnant with my daughter. And I was like, this is, this is not, this is not the values that we signed up. Like, this is not how we imagined right. life. And so I quit. Yeah. Mm. and started my own business. But this is why I think values are so important because even within that, mm. you know, there was a period of, there's there, there's multiple stories, which I won't go into them because I want to hear from you, not me. Um, mm. <laughs> but there's, there's times where, you know, even like value to me was time with family, be present. But then even when we start our own business, you know, that wasn't necessarily, your business can control you just like your W two oh, yeah, hundred percent. So yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. La- my coach you know, actually told saying, me ladder of success. Ladder of success was up the wrong wall, but I built the bloody thing. <laughs> <laughs> so good. My my coach said this to me at one point in time. I think I was at 25, 26. and he said, "If your business isn't helping you achieve your personal goals, you just own a job. Like you just created yourself a job." And this mm. is why, like, you know, bringing mm. it back to the values conversation, like, I don't care if you're an employee, I don't care if you're a business owner, I don't care if you're an investor. If you mm. don't come back to like, you know, what Trav's talking about with like a bucket list and what do you really want mm. out of life? Man, mm. I think we have to be careful with that. I want to, I want to say one more thing. Mm. You talked about, you talked about 80 squares mm. and there, it reminded me, and this is why I was asking how you got introduced to GoBundance. When I first met 
Chris Ryan, who I'm a huge fan of, by the way. Um, yeah. w- when Chris first came into the tribe, um, we were, we, I hadn't met him yet, but we were going to a champions event in Austin and he, he texted me and he said, Hey, Mike, Matt King told me that I should meet with you. I want you to do the first champion spotlight. Matt said, you should be the guy to do it. So we went and had coffee and he asked me the question. He's like, so what's going on in your world? I want you to do a champion spotlight. We've never done this before. Um, I want to know what's happening. And I was in this, I was in this period of time, Trav, where like my kids, my kids are now 23. Tim, who's on the call, um, is 21. He manages my podcast, my community. He's like my right-hand guy in business. Wow. Um, Tim, Tim's you want 21. another job? I've got a podcast too, buddy. <laughs> yeah. He's good at it. Um, oh, yeah. And and then my daughter's 19 now. Um, yeah. And at that, this was probably three years ago. And so yeah. I was I was telling Chris, I was in this really weird point in time because I had created this version of myself where, you know, I, I, every, like, we just wanted to be the best parents and, and I'm seeing this day coming where, you know, we're going to be empty nesters. And I, I, I kind of don't know what conversation to do. right now. We're having those conversations right now that at, at, at four, four kids and, uh, we got, um, and they're listening to me right now too. So they're about to yeah. go to school. Um, two twin boys and they're 16 going on 17. So about a year and a half before they're, before they're, 18. So yeah, yeah, having the empty nest conversation. So any tips you've got, mate, just yeah. <laughs> happy to share. As I was talking with Chris Ryan about this, um, I started thinking I was in this period of time too, where I was thinking about my uncle and I'll, I'll bring this back to the 80 spaces or wherever you want to take it. But in 2000, probably maybe uh, it was probably 2000, maybe 15 or 16, my great uncle died. So it was actually my mom's uncle. And yeah. I hadn't seen this guy, Trav, since, I don't know, it'd probably been 15 years. Uh, yeah. I'd spent a lot of time with him when I was little, but I hadn't seen him for probably 15 years. And my mom calls me up and she said, hey, Uncle Donnie died. I'm like, oh man, yeah. that's sad. Um, he died of alcoholism. And anyway, she calls mm. me a couple of days later and she says, the family wants to know, number one, if you're coming to the funeral, which I wasn't planning on going. Um, number two, if you'll speak mm. at the funeral. And I was oh, like, wow. I'm like, let me let me call you back. And I'll make a long story short. I decided to do it. And I was asking why they wanted me to speak. Um, And they said, well, basically, they don't want a bishop to do it. They were part of the LDS church and they don't want a bishop to do it. And they can't find anybody to speak at the funeral. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. So I called his kids. He was basically like, you know, him him and his kids didn't have a great relationship. His ex-wife, not a great, he, his, his best friend didn't have anything to say about him at the funeral. And I was calling like everybody trying to get something Mm. good to say at a funeral. And Trav, I haven't, I haven't seen this guy for 15 years. Like, I don't, I don't know what he's been doing. (laughs) Yeah. And so I go, I go and I lead this funeral and I left there thinking to myself, man, I never, I never want to be in this position where nobody has That's anything. And I was sharing this with Chris Ryan, and this is this is why I'm saying all of this. And he said, I got it. I want you to write your eulogy. And he's like, forget the champion spotlight, because it was supposed to be like this first time where we talk about, you know, we defend our portfolio and talk about it was like a it was like an accelerated one sheet. He said, We're not doing yeah. any of that. I want you to write your eulogy and I want you to share it in this room. And I was like, that was the hardest thing for me because I started, I started writing this from the perspective of, 
Fortunately, he gave me a day and a half to do it. He gave me a day and a half notice. <laughs> That's not much time still. <laughs> no, it wasn't. And I started writing this from the perspective. I was really struggling with it. But the reason why, Travis, because I was like going out, you know, I'm I'm probably 41 or 42 at that point in time. Mm. And I'm thinking out to when I'm, you know, 75 and all the things mm. that I had accomplished and I saved the wells and I, you know, drilled water wells. And <laughs> I, I couldn't, I couldn't get it, man. And when I came back to finally, what mm. answered it for me is like, if I died today, what would my eulogy say? And when I brought, when I brought it back to that, I was mm. able to write it. But when mm. you started talking about the 80 spaces, the 80 boxes, mm. Mm. And just your whole message, it made me start thinking about my uncle and the conversation with Chris Ryan and writing my eulogy and what really matters. Yeah. And so I'm going to throw it back to you. Yeah, man. Look, um, I mean, that's probably the thing that wakes people up the most is uh, I call the life grid. And look, we've kind of seen probably iterations of it before, but, you know, I've got it in the book. There we go. There's 80 squares. What does that mean? All right. The 80, the 80 squares represents 80 years on earth. You know, that's the average age of death for males is 79 and the average age of death for females is 83. So we call it, I call it 80, just for argument's sake. Get everyone to draw out 80 squares and we'll give them a, they can fill it in. And what and I say, all right, fill in from the top down, left to right, fill in the ones that you've been alive, please. And so if you're 40, half of them are gone. Mm. And people go, oh, oh. Anything north of 40, people are like, oh, getting a little agitated. And the thing is, too, Mike, as a speaker, you've you've got to, you know, I, I might get, as a keynoter, you get my, my 45 minutes to an hour and a half. You've got to disrupt to a certain extent. You've got to wake people up. I'm not trying to be a motivational speaker or any crap like that. You know, it's just like, here's reality. This is what's happening. Here's the stats. I didn't make up the mortality rates. That's just, you know, I'm not trying to be too morbid here. This is just reality. All right, most of you are blindfolded, sleepwalking through your life, existing, not living. Um, you know, living by this weird default, not by intentional design. So we've got eighty squares. All right, so cross out the ones you've been alive. That makes everyone uncomfortable. Um, don't have some jokes. So you know, there's some people in this room that are going to be crossing off a little bit more. You know, take a little bit more time with this exercise. And, then I, sh then I give them three questions and I say, all right, question number one. I've done this for 12 years, mate. Um, question number one is how many people in this room, like the movie The Bucket List, where it's about two blokes that get given a cancer diagnosis and then they write a bucket list. That's why I say it's a shit movie because it's like they wait until they get a, a diagnosis and then they write a bucket list. And I say my whole mission is to wake you up before you get given a use by Dave. Go write your list and go do it. So how many people in the room and no people have been, you know, diagnosed or died from cancer? Pretty much everyone in the room, you know, wherever I go around the world, everyone's got a hand up. Everyone knows someone. Second question I ask is how many people do you know have been diagnosed or died from cancer in your circle of influence, you know? Show fingers. So the older the audience, the more tens come up, the nines and the eights, and so it goes down from there. But, you know, people like, you know, like this or it could be this or it could be whatever. And then I say... How many of them, by show of fingers, made their 80 squares? Mm. And people who are home listening, watching this right now or in the car, you've mentally just done that exercise. How many of them made their 80 squares? We're not getting these numbers back. It's ones and twos and zeros. 
Hmm. And I have everyone look around the room. I've done this to rooms of, you know, in, in that TED talk, there's two and a half thousand people in front of me. And have everyone look around the room and people are like, oh, they make a joke. Oh, who bought the motivational speaker? You know, <laughs> so <laughs> everyone's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, awkward. Um, and they said, well, look, that's reality, guys. You know, we don't know when our time is up. We really don't. And we've got too many examples around us. So let's get focused on this bucket list thing, right? And everyone's like, oh, you've now got my attention. Let's get going. Let's let's identify this fruitful bucket list, you know, that's meaningful to you, that's not just all about travel. And let's go and identify the low-hanging fruit that we can do like straight away that give you the momentum and motivation to smash through the bigger ones. That's what it's all about. The unfortunate privilege I've had running around the world doing it, you know, I've spoken on five of the no, six of the seven continents around the world. I'm still looking for that gig in Antarctica, mate. So if you know of anyone, any washers and listeners, I get to cross that off my bucket list. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but I've done these talks in Cambodia, Vietnam, South Africa, India, where I, I had the not-so-good privilege of delivering just 70 squares in some of these countries. Same result, though, with the fingers. And that shit's scary. Yeah. So what people do with that information from then on, um, well, the positive feedbacks, you know, of, of doing this for so many years has led me to keep doing it. You know, when they see me speak, I'm just like, you know what, all we've got to do is, number one, thank you for being here and taking time out of your life to work on your life. Secondly, and I'm going to propose this for the the listeners and watchers too, mate, is simply just write down your list. Mm. Write it down. Get it out of your head because right now it's swimming up there with your to-do list and guess which one gets done first on a day-to-day basis Mm. until something traumatic or dramatic happens to you or a loved one. Then you reprioritize in a heartbeat and suddenly you've got the money. Suddenly you've got the time because you've been given a use-by date. Don't wait for that date because that's how you'll act. I swear. So let's act as if. Yeah. Let's fair income act as if and just write this stuff down. And when you're writing goals, let alone bucket list items, you only worry about the what and the why, not about the how. Yeah. Right? People overcomplicate it. They don't even write down goals because of fear of failure, fear of success, same thing, fear of disappointment, you know, disappointing themselves, let alone anyone else. I won't write that down because it's just too extreme, you know, too far-fetched. And I've written goals in the past and I've, you know, I've failed. So I'm not even, no, that goal setting is not for me. Really? But people go, you know, I want to climb Mount Everest. They don't think about every step. They don't think about the first step. They just get on the rope and start going and deal with it when they're on the mountain. Deal with the obstacles and the challenges when they're on the mountain. But, the, you know, if they thought about every step, they wouldn't take that first step. It's simple. So people need to worry less about the how. Don't even worry about the how. Now, if you want that, whatever goal it is, that bucket list item, as long as it's meaningful to you, Worry about the what and the why because there's always a 
personal reason, a personal why for something for for why someone wants to, you know, do something in life, right? And it's very personal. And if you, on a Leichhardt scale, if you rate it from a one to ten, like one being I couldn't give a shit, to eight, nine, or ten, where you would move mountains in order to make that thing happen. I want to I want to look at the eights, nines, and tens. Let's start prioritizing. Let's start building a life around those eights, nines, and tens. Because they're the things that have got a really strong why attached to it. Mm. And this isn't just about ticking a whole bunch of cool stuff off. This is really about how a person reverse engineers every aspect of their life in order to make this stuff come to fruition. It's the growth of you on this journey towards these self-imposed destinations. But more importantly, Mike, listeners, watchers, Tim, it's about the you that exists on the other side, and that's the person that you do not know yet. And I encourage everyone to get curiously excited about the person that exists on the other side because that's that's what drives us. That's, that's what we're addicted to. As human beings, we're addicted to growing. That's called potential. So good. People are dying at 40 and being buried at 80. They give up. They stop pushing the envelope. They stop testing themselves. And that has massive repercussions into their family, has massive repercussions into their businesses, into their customers, their clients, their relationships. You can see where people have given up. So Damn. I just want to want everyone to graduate as a, a graduate as a bucket lister. You know, someone that's someone that that's got a spirit of fun, adventure. See Dust. <laughs> <laughs> um it's 8 a.m here and you know they're off to school um but someone's got a f- spirit of adventure of fun and, and glass half full and you know when you catch up with them you feel you feel alive you feel that you've got something out of that you know relationship versus the person that you catch up with for beer wine or coffee and you feel like you need like a wash or a holiday after catching up with that person <laughs> yeah yeah. You know, and times times our most valuable asset that we trade with each other on a day to day basis, our time and our attention. Yeah. So people squander that a lot by giving it up way too easy to people who don't deserve it. Yeah. So good. I was with uh, Gary Brecca, and I heard him say somebody was on antidepressants for like 10 years or something. And he was asking them like, you know, is it working? And they're like, eh, not really. And he's like, well, when did you think it was going to start? Like, and that's what I love about, you know, and I'm not here to I say spoke to a guy yesterday, he was on, on antidepressants and I go, so how's it going? He goes, don't know. Don't know. I, I don't see really any change. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. That's why <laughs> you're me work. a bucket list. Get me a bucket list in a week, mate. And he's like, oh, really? oh, cool. <laughs> Yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. You know, you got to like when you were talking about replacing that, you know, your current version with a, another version of you on the other side. So powerful, man. Um, I want to be cognizant of your time. Um, I had you for an hour. We're at the top of the hour. So I, um, man, just love the message. And uh, I don't know if there's anything else you want to share. You've shared so much, but no matter what, I want to make sure that you tell people how to find you. Um, how to find your book. I'm going to give away 10 of them. I'll let you know when it's out, but cool. um, how, how do they, how do they get a hold of you? 
Yeah, man. Look, uh, everything sort of goes through the central, uh, the bucketlistguide.com. Um, you know, I've got heaps of, you know, I've gone down rabbit holes on my blog on there and, and uh, you know, there's heaps of information. And, you know, I, if I'm not doing this, I'm speaking, I'm, I do a lot of coaching. I actually coach, uh, we've, we've got certified bucket list coaches around the world teaching teaching this stuff as well. So uh, it's, that's really cool. And they, you know, from kids to corporates, and you'll, you'll see a heap of, um, you'll love this, Mike. But ticket before you kick it signs. You'll see if you put that hashtag in, you'll see some some of our tribe running around the world. Um, sometimes that green sign shows up in some weird places. Um, so the um, but yeah, like also if people have got a message, you know, a message within them, um, you know, because the the cool thing about being the bucket list guy, I've come across a lot of people that like, you know, I want to. I want to be a speaker, coach, author like you, Trav, and, but I've got, you know, through my, I don't want to be, what's, I want to be the bucket list guy but me in my own way. So I've helped people do that for the last six years as well, which is unreal to unearth, you know, their messages to the world and, you know, they can give back that way. And I think, um, yeah, that organically grew and I love doing that for people. But if people want to jump on the bandwagon and become a bucket list coach with me, game on. We've got a big mission here and uh, I'm sure, you know, if this message has sparked anything within you and you want to pay it forward, then it's a good way to do it. No, so good, man. Well, and obviously on the socials, if you put in the bucket list guy in, into the socials, uh, and if I don't get found, someone will get the sack. Yeah. <laughs> I, pretty much anytime <laughs> I've ever uh, searched bucket list guy, you, you've came up. I've been, I've been, uh, kind bloody of, hope so, man. I, you know, yeah. I've got my, my people <laughs> yeah, yeah, handling yeah. all that. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Well, again, I can't appreciate uh, you enough and the work you're doing. Um, it so resonates for me and um, just appreciate your time, man. Oh, Mike, awesome. Tim, awesome as well, mate. And uh, yeah, this is a really cool chat. Thanks, H, mate. Cheers. If you've found value in this episode and you know someone who's wanting to start or move further along in their journey toward investing for freedom, I would be forever grateful if you would share this show with them and help me get this message out to more listeners. Also, if you enjoy what you've heard, I would appreciate it if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. And until the next episode, cheers to moving further along in your journey of investing for freedom.